You're listening to the Volleyball by Design podcast. Today, we're going to talk about feedback. You know, how to give feedback, what type of feedback is appropriate, and just uh, anything you need to know about providing, you know, solid feedback to your players so that they can ultimately develop. And depending on whether it's a practice or a game, feedback that actually will result in success. So this is an episode you definitely don't want to miss. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Coach Brian Singh, and after a number of years coaching competitive volleyball and as the head coach of the biggest college in Canada, I've become obsessed with helping coaches improve their knowledge and skills of the game by teaching them how to coach efficiently and effectively to ultimately reach their volleyball goals. I created the Volleyball by Design podcast to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies so you can get clarity and apply what you learn right away. This is the Volleyball by Design podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 179 of the Volleyball by Design podcast. How is everyone doing out there today? Another week of volleyball in the books. Hope everyone's doing well. For my new listeners, welcome to the podcast. My name is Coach Brian Singh. I'm the host of the podcast. And to my regular listeners, as always, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode where the goal, just like every week, is to deliver tangible step-by-step strategies that can help you in your gym with your team and see results really fast, really quickly. That's that's the plan. And uh, I do want to give you guys a heads up. I'm battling a bit of a cold here, so my voice might sound a bit different. Um, hopefully, I can last the entire episode, but we, we've uh, the, the family's gone through the, I don't know what you want to call it, but this is flu season now, so the cold, well, we have, uh, my daughter Vanessa had, she had a cold, then she gave it to my son Tristan, who had pneumonia. He actually had had the cold, then he had pneumonia, and he's on the the upper end now, so he's fine. We we, we um took him to the doctor. He got a uh, he got some imaging done, and we got the antibiotics going, so he's good. And then my wife and I caught it. We caught the cold, so I'm uh I don't know. I'm in the middle of it, or maybe maybe on the downward. Hopefully, hopefully on the on the the back end of it. I hope, but my nose is stuffed and. But you know, I, I gotta, I gotta deliver an episode. I can't. It's tough when I don't record an episode. I gotta do it. So you know, hopefully, I can get through this. But we'll see. But today's episode uh, was was kind of sparked by we had a tough loss a couple days ago, and I, I always think about you know feedback. This concept of feedback, coaches talk about it, and I'd like to consider myself uh, very versed in this concept of feedback with my background in education and coaching and things like that. I've, I've studied feedback from a multiple, like from multiple different lenses, you know, in the classroom, in the gym, um, with youth, with adults. And I've narrowed it down to a bunch of strategies that I want to share with you guys on today's episode. And I want you to start thinking about how you deliver feedback to your players, the type of feedback that you're giving, and how we can be strategic with the feedback so that the feedback goes and is impactful and you can get results from the feedback. That's that's the goal of today's episode. And I'm going to talk about some of the common mistakes I see coaches make too. So if you're making any of these mistakes, you can, you know, hopefully try to fix some of the some of it or all of it or or at least get some ideas that can help you with your feedback. So the first thing that I want to do is I want to explain the difference between two types of feedback, okay? One is called formative feedback and one is called summative feedback, okay? Formative feedback 
is feedback that you can give your players and they can go and practice. So they're not being graded on the feedback per se. It's feedback that they can go, they can act on that feedback, they can go and practice, and they can continue to get better. Summative feedback is a metric. It's a grade. It's a result of whatever they're working on. It's a result on their performance. It's a grade grading their performance. So what we want to do is we want to have a combination of both formative and summative feedback when we are doing our practices. Now, you guys know that I'm a big believer in metrics because you've heard me say this a million times, you can't grow what you can't measure. So when we're teaching passing, for example, and we're training the skill, you absolutely want to grade their performance. You want to grade them, and we've talked about this, but I'll, I'll, I'll review it. You can use a three-point passing scale or a four-point passing scale, whatever you'd like. Three is the easiest, three being a perfect pass, two being a good pass, one being a poor pass, and zero being an error. And the average, you want to have above a two, in theory. 2.2, 2.3 is really good. So that's called summative feedback. That's a grade. It's a metric. And you absolutely need to give them that because they need to have a baseline. They need to have something that they can compare themselves to every day, every week to see if they're improving. And then you have the formative feedback, which is all the all the things that you are giving the athlete um, so that they can help improve the skill. And again, if we're talking about passing, you know, making sure that they're creating, their fundamentals are intact. So are they creating a efficient platform? Are they getting their platform behind the ball? Are they angling towards a target? You know, their footwork. Those are like formative things that you can help uh, with your athletes, you know, with the skill itself, like that feedback. So let's talk about some strategies when giving formative or summative feedback. The first thing is you want it to be actionable. So good job and, you know, that's not right or, you know, you can do better next time. Like, that's not actionable feedback. That's that's more feelings. And there is a time and a place for that, don't get me wrong, but we want to make sure that when we are giving feedback, we're being very specific and we're being very actionable. So again, if you're working on the passing, for example, feedback is, you know, oh, that time you didn't have separation from your platform on your body. Make sure there's separation. That's specific. That's actionable. They can go back and actually try to create that separation from platform to target or, to, or platform to body, sorry. You know, um, your stance is off. That's that's actionable. They can change your stance. You know, um, you're not moving behind the ball. Well, they can, that's actionable. They can try to move, you know, basically actionable. Make it, it has to be something that they can actually go and fix and do, okay? Timing. Okay, number two, Timing. We, I've seen coaches do this a lot, actually. We don't want to stop practice every five seconds to give feedback, okay? The, I'm a big believer in allowing the athletes to make mistakes, quote-unquote fail, okay? Continue failing, continue failing until they can try, give the, allow them the opportunity to fix it. Now, if they don't know how to fix it, that's a different conversation, but if you've taught them how to pass and they're just late to the ball or they're not, you know, they're not getting to it fast enough or they just missed a pass or whatever, allow them the opportunity to figure it out on their own. 
I, I tell you, like when athletes can figure things out on their own, that is the ultimate success because they're now going to, they, they knew what they did wrong. They figured out how to, they figured out the solution on their own. They were able to progress and develop within their own means without you interrupting every five seconds. And that's the ultimate gift because now they're going to, they're never going to go back because they know how to grow from that moment. So st- I, I've seen coaches stop practice every five seconds to, to, to give feedback. You got to, you, what you could do is you can make a list of things you want to talk about after, but let them make their mistakes. Now, if there's something that's timely, like something that's very, very detrimental, you have to stop practice. Sure. But it's not going to be all the time where you do that. Okay. So really, really be mindful of yourself and how often you're stopping practice. Okay. Uh, number three, ongoing. You want to make sure the feedback is ongoing. And I guess tied in with ongoing is consistent. So one of the things that uh, was brought to my attention a lot late, well, over the last few years is your your staff and you have to be on the same page. So if you're coaching by yourself, then ignore this. But if you're coaching with and you have an assistant coach or multiple assistant coaches, you all have to make sure that your feedback is the same. Because I've talked to a lot of coaches, especially in DVA, who uh, sometimes complain or, or ask me for advice on what to do when they're giving feedback and the other coach is telling them something completely different. And the answer is that can't happen. So if you're a coach and you're in this boat where you may have an assistant coach or you have a head coach that's teaching something different than you, it's not going to work if you guys are on different pages. It's unfortunate, but it won't work. And I can tell you, I've been in situations, uh, not on not on my club or college team, but you know, when I volunteer sometimes in high school or it hasn't happened very often, but it's happened a few times where someone, here's a, here's a, here's a off topic story, but you guys all know that I, I volunteer and I coach a high school team a year. I do one high school team a year. It's my way of connecting with the youth and giving back. And there was one coach years ago that wanted to learn from me. Okay. This is what, this is what he said. He came, he's like, listen, I know you've been coaching this game for a long time. I know you coach at a high level and I just, I want to be a sponge and I want to learn and I just want to, you know, get a chance to learn from you. And I said, you know, yeah, sure. No problem. You want to come on board? I'm all for it. Mind you, this was years ago and I, I, I made the mistake of not vetting. You know, you know, I've talked about this in the past. I, I would never hire an assistant coach or bring on an assistant coach who hasn't worked with me for at least a year as a volunteer, or at least I know them inside out and I know we're on the same page. I know that they're you know willing to uh, to learn and, and and share the same vision. And I didn't I didn't vet this this person and I should have. It was my fault. It was a long time ago. And they would start giving uh, or he would start giving different advice to to the players, different feedback, different things, and it would be different than what I was saying. And whether I agree or disagree, the the important thing or the, the, the thing that, that that was detrimental to the team was that it, the, the athletes were receiving two different things. So now the athletes are going to question, well, what do I do? Now, as the head coach, that's a problem. So the assistant coach didn't like that uh, I was saying, hey, you know, that's, that's not what we're teaching here. This is the way we're teaching it. Uh, and he had a problem with that. And he ended up leaving and stepping down. And it actually became a really big problem. In terms of, uh, he was he was talking to other staff members about it and spreading all these rumors and without getting into all those long story short, I I I don't want to get into it, but it was bad. So if you are in a situation where you got a 
situation where you got an assistant coach or you got a staff member who is not does not share the same vision as you or is not going to follow through with your game plan and your teachings it's going to be a problem and then athletes are going to start having a problem with it and then if you're coaching club the worst is when parents get involved and then parents are telling something different and oh it, it's it's a mess so you got to stop all that it's got to be one vision your vision as the head coach and if you're an assistant coach okay and you don't agree with the head coach you either got to suck it up either have the conversation with the head coach but at the end of the day it's the head the head coach is the one who's putting the programming in place and you have to follow their vision and if you don't like it you can have a conversation with the head coach or you can coach another team but it is and, and this is not to say like don't challenge the head coach. Like I, I, my assistant coaches challenge me all the time, but they're challenging me in good faith. You know, they're challenging whether or not they're giving me a different perspective. Like, well, what about this? What about that? And I, and I get a chance to say, okay, you know what? Like, that's an interesting thing. Or I'd say, you know what? I disagree. And then we go on with whatever I say. Like it's, it, but it's, it's healthy. It's great conversation. So I don't even know how I got on this tangent, but basically, yeah, it was, it was the consistent feedback. That's right. The consistent feedback has to be the same from everybody. And you have to be giving the consistent feedback over and over again until they get it. Don't just tell them once and then forget about it. And then uh, you never tell them again thinking that they're going to do it. It has to be consistent. Okay. So um, let's go to something else here. Let's go to my next point. Uh, when you, and, and video, video is so important. Uh, and the, th the thing with video is that it takes time. This is the one thing about video. It takes a ton of time. But when you film your practices and you film your games and you're giving feedback to your players in practice and in games, you want to follow up that feedback with video. So, you know, it's like we had a game this weekend where uh, I didn't I didn't like the, the way our setters were setting. I found it was inconsistent and I even questioned a lot of their decision making. And one of my setters said that I thought that was a good decision. And I actually couldn't remember what play he was talking about, but this is where I go back and I and I look at my I do my post game analysis and I see clips and I will literally just take my phone, film the clip on my phone and I'll send it to them in our group chat or I'll send it to the player individually. That is how you that is really important that you do that because when they can see the video and you get that feedback on top of that, that is how they can effectively change because they're seeing it, they know what they got to do to improve and they can go and that that um that feedback will be more meaningful and useful when you can apply video to it as well, okay? That's why it's very popular in, in coaches' gyms to have video delays in practice, like have a have an iPad going or a camera, have them execute the skill and let, let them see the skill back like on a five-second delay right away, and then you, you can give that feedback to them, and then they can go right back in and do the skill again. Like So video delay, if you guys are interested, go look up video delay. There's a lot of them. There's... Uh, there's BAM video. I think that's a very popular one people use. I use Coach's Eye still, but Coach's Eye is, I don't think it exists anymore. I have the app on my phone for, for years now. So anyways, long story short, uh, I don't know if it exists anymore. So we'll uh, we'll see. But BAM BAM video is really good. That's, that's one I think a lot of people use. Okay, next thing. The language we use, I think, is more important today than ever before. Um, you know, with with a growing sense of mental health, with social media and athletes, you know, taking in a lot more than they, than they ever had in the past, you know, the language we use is very important. And, I, and I'm sure you coaches can relate to this. 
Like when you say you didn't play well, okay? That's one thing you could say to them. Or if, if you say, well, you struggled today. You know, they that's that's the same message, but two different emotions attached to it. Like you didn't play well, that has a negative connotation towards it. It really can hurt the athlete's um hurt the athlete's confidence. But if I say, oh, today you struggled, it's the same thing, but you struggled means, well, we can fix that. You know, it's more positive in a way where, okay, let's figure out why you struggled. Let's help you. It's, 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 it's coming from a different place than you didn't play well. So that, I, just, I just wanted to share that example or just share that the language we use is so important. I've learned this you know, in my, over my course, what am I, 17 years in now, you know, the beginning when I was a younger coach, my language, I didn't really think about the language I was using as much as I am now, because I would, I would tell them like today you played, you played really bad today, guys, what's going on? Like versus now, I I would never say, you know, you guys played really bad. I would say, Hey, today you guys struggled. You guys played well in certain moments and you struggled in certain moments. You know, I'd, I'd make it clear that I understand the difference. And I think that we have to be very mindful of the language that we use with our players because the the effect of our words now are so important. The effect of our emotion, the tone that we use. You know, I did an episode a while back on effective communication with your athletes, and I can tell you uh, that 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 episode was what was well received, and a lot of people. It was on June twenty sixth. It's called. 15 effective communication strategies between coaches and players, okay? Oh, I have another one, actually. On May 30th, uh, last year, I did 12 ingredients to the art of effective communication with your athletes. Yeah, this is the one to, this is the one to look at. Yeah, the 12 ingredients will really help um, with, your, with your tone, the way that feedback is um is portrayed you know there's so many ingredients that go into the when we the way we say things like language is not just what we say but how we say it i'm sure you guys can relate to this how you say things and the tone of voice and the just the emotion behind it is is more is is i i think more what's the word more impactful now than it was like 15 years ago so Something to be, something to you know keep in mind, and we can kind of go from there. All right. Uh, the next thing I have on my list here is I want to mention some common mistakes I see coaches make. Okay, and this is this is by no means to to bash any coaches or you know call anybody out, but I see this a lot, and I just want you to be aware of it. So the first thing is let your emotions dictate the feedback. And what I mean by this is if you lose a game, okay, you're obviously angry. You know, you're frustrated potentially. If you lost a game you believe you should have won, or if the players struggled, aka didn't play well, they didn't execute the game plan that you set up, whatever the case is, you're mad. You know, and I've seen times where coaches are fuming, they're mad. I encourage you not to let your emotions dictate the words that come out of your mouth next. I've I've made so many mistakes, mistakes in uh, my younger coaching career where I just, you know, I, I ridiculed the players as much as I didn't want to. I criticized them. You know, I, I'd say stuff like, why do we practice? And what's, what, what, why do you guys even show up if you're going to play like this? And I, don't, I can't even remember the, some of the stuff I said back when I was a younger coach. It was terrible. But 
we can't let our emotions dictate the feedback, okay? You have to let the facts dictate the feedback and then do everything that I mentioned above on how you deliver that feedback, okay? You don't want to criticize your players. You want to encourage them. And one thing that I always remind myself is that <laughs> your players are not trying to lose. They're not trying to play bad. So we have to keep that in the back of our mind. They're trying their best. To, we don't want to demoralize them for trying their best, okay? Too much feedback is also a detriment. You don't want to do too much feedback, okay? Minimal, or, or not minimal rather, but efficient feedback, okay? Enough. Not too much, but enough. Enough to get the message across, enough for development to happen. Not every five seconds, okay? And the way I like to say, when you want to lead by example, you know, lead by example. If you expect your players to behave a certain way and act a certain way, you have to lead by example. I, it's crazy. You see it all the time, even in my level. The hot head coaches, the coaches that are like, you know, very arrogant and um, you could tell the way that they, their demeanor is. Well, their team reflects that. If that's who you are as a coach and that's how you want your team to be reflected, then sure. But you lead by example. If you want your team to be professionals, if you want your team to behave a certain way, have a certain swag or whatever you want to call it, you need to lead by example. And you have to make sure you don't tolerate anything other than how you want your team's identity to be. And we've talked about these in the past, in the past episode. Identity is super important, okay? Uh, the last thing that I do want to talk about is feedback during games. Um, really, really simple tip for you guys. Quick, actionable, and simple. You have a 60-second timeout. Feedback is going to be no more than one, maybe two things, tops, but probably just one thing. And it has to be simple, not complicated, simple and actionable. Once it's simple and actionable, and it's very easy to deliver to your players, the feedback will be well-received, okay? I found that drawing helps as well. Like if you can have an iPad or have a clipboard or something where you can draw, having a visual is also good. Just like when you do in, in practice, you have video where you could show them, you could draw in practice, you can have your iPad going. Well, in, in games, same thing. Visual feedback is great. Drawing where they need to be, where you want the block to set up, um, where you want to adjust based on an attacker's tendency, like whatever the case is. Uh, do, you know what, I, I've actually... So this year, in a couple games, I've I've had an iPad with me on the sideline, and I have it open, and I'm making notes during the game sometimes, or sometimes I'm drawing things out that I want to address. I don't know if it's working for me right now. I'm trying it. it, it so far, it's okay. Um, normally, I don't know if you guys, I don't know if you guys ever know this, but apparently, my signature on the sideline is my water bottle. I always have my water bottle in my hand because when I give feedback. I get thirsty and I take a drink and it's right there. So my players always joke, it's that I never have, I never, I'm never without my water bottle. So when I have my iPad in my hand, I can't have my water bottle with me. So uh, yeah, I've, I've been, I've been working on it. You know what? The iPad, it's not bad. Like it's there, I can, you know, cause I can make my notes really quickly if I see something or if I want to make sure I address something that I can't address on the fly in the game, I can address it during a timeout or in between sets. So it's, it's good. And I have it on um on my on the app Coachboard app, so I could draw things out right away. Uh, so yeah, so something to consider. I'm I'm experimenting with it. I've seen other coaches experiment with it. Um, yeah, I'll let you know at the end of the season how how it's worked out. But I think it's I think it might be something I might try to do more and more. So we'll see. Okay, let's do a quick recap here. We have the difference between the two types of strategy or two types of uh, feedback. 
We have formative versus summative feedback. So formative is feedback that you can give and they can practice it right away. They're not being graded on it. They can go work on it and then they, they can see improvement. And then we can provide summative feedback, which is a grade, a metric associated with their performance. And summative feedback is really important because it's the only way that we can measure their growth over the course of a period. If you don't provide metrics and grades or any kind of um, performance indicator, then there's no way of monitoring and seeing if they're actually developing as an athlete. You can't. Because you, you, all you're going to do is go by the eye test. And the eye test is great, but only to a certain degree. You can't do it for everything. And then some of the principles that I mentioned was actionable. Okay, so good job and that's not right. That's not actionable. You want to be specific about the feedback that we're given so they can actually go apply it. Timely, you don't want to be giving feedback every five seconds. Okay, you want to be, you know, you want to allow athletes to time to make mistakes and, and fix it themselves. You know, it's like, what was that? What's the, uh, what's the saying? Uh, if you if you teach someone how to fish, they can feed themselves for life. But if you give them a fish, they'll they'll go hungry if you don't continue giving them food. So things like that. That's that's kind of the, the message behind that. Um, ongoing and consistent. And this is where I talked about the coaching staff, making sure that everybody's on the same page and making sure that you're giving consistent feedback. The feedback's not changing. You know, you're saying the same thing. You're not changing your mind every every week or every day. It's the same feedback over and over again. And you're and you're being consistent in that feedback. Uh, video, using video, okay, finding video and sending them clips after you give feedback is really helpful. It helps reinforce what you were saying and it gives them that visual they can see and apply and, you know, video is great. You know, you know what I'm saying? Video is, is fantastic. They got to see it. The language we use is more important than ever today. Yeah, that's something that I learned later on in my career about language, how, not only what you say, but how you say it is, uh, is important because athletes, and young people can take different messages completely different way, you know? And we talked about it, like, you didn't play well versus you struggled. You know, that could be interpreted in two different ways, and you struggled is more positive than you didn't play well, okay? Uh, common mistakes I see coaches make, which I mentioned. Don't let your emotions dictate your feedback. Don't criticize. Encourage. Remember, players are not trying to lose, all right? Remember, too much feedback is, uh, is detrimental, okay? You want to give enough. And then lead by example, Okay. And then feedback during games, quick, actionable, and simple. Drawing helps. You know, I really encourage you guys to draw. Visual that, that visual look is good for players. And then um, yeah, I've been experimenting with the iPad on the sideline. So maybe you want to try that out too. See how it works for you. Or, or like a clipboard or something where you can kind of take your notes and see how it goes. All right. And if any of you guys are interested in seeing how I give feedback in real time, like how, in timeouts, how I'm giving feedback in practice, like some of the things that I, that I talked about today, uh, I have a, an entire behind the scenes section inside DVA that our DVA members have access to. So if you're a DVA member, you can go on the behind the scenes and you can actually hear how the, like the feedback that I'm giving and hear my tone of voice and hear the language that I'm choosing to use. I'm very, very particular about the language that I use now. And uh, I think it's over the last like, you know, decade or so, it's, it's gotten significantly better than the past. Um, but yeah, if you want to take a look at that, and if you're not a DVA member and you'd like to be, uh, head on over to digitalvolleyballacademy.com. The link's in the show notes as well. And you can, you can uh, find out more information there. 
And if you don't know what DVA is, not only do you get to see it behind the scenes, but you get a chance to, uh, it's, it's my mentorship academy for volleyball coaches. And I have coaches all around the world in it where I basically teach you how to create a successful volleyball program through all the courses that I've created on all the positions and skills in our game. In addition to the feedback that you get from me and the ongoing support and the coaching calls that we jump on Zoom and things like that. It's a lot of fun. It's a great mentorship program for coaches that want to take their coaching to the next level. I've, um, I've, I've uh, created a system where no matter where you are in your coaching journey, you can join DVA and you'll know exactly the next steps you got to take to get to your next level. So it's very tactical. Um, and it's, yeah, I've been running it for just over three years now, depending on when you're listening to this. And yeah, I'm super excited. I'm super proud of it. And I can't wait to welcome more coaches into it. All right. So that's it for me. I will see you next week on another episode of the Volleyball by Design podcast. Take care. All right. Cue the music. Look, are you at the stage you want to be in your volleyball journey? How would it feel to get clarity on your training? And instead of taking months to get better, you could improve in weeks, if not days. When I was a young coach and player, I felt this way all the time. The truth is, after I got some great advice on how to be efficient, my learning curve grew exponentially. Let me show you how to be more efficient and effective in this game. I invite you to check out CoachBTraining.com for more resources that you can use to take your game to the next level. I look forward to helping you reach your volleyball goals.